Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from a three-week, almost four-week hiatus. Wrestlers with experience, Dietrich Davis, Mark Morell. What's going we, on? We are back in effect. Um, with, with, it's WrestleMania season. We're three weeks out from the most boring WrestleMania, the most worst booked WrestleMania since WrestleMania 9. Keep going. You know, so you, you, you say most booked, the worst booked WrestleMania since WrestleMania 9. It seems like Triple H and Batista should be the main event because they're bringing in the casual fans. Mm-hmm. They have botched uh, what you call it. And sooner or later, if this person gets fired, I'm gonna, which they na- believe their name is, I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna release the name of my source. Okay. Because there's a house cleaning going on over there. Right. And hold on for a second. Let me mute this. There's a house cleaning going on over there. And I'm just saying I heard some things. Well, so moving forward, just to get this shit started, what have you been up to these last few weeks? Oh, I know you're almost man. done with school. Almost done with school, man. Uh, which gives you the bump in pay, which you've been looking exactly, forward to. Exactly. So, like, the, the dollars will be coming in soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, working on this music, trying to set things up, doing the, my setup and right. everything else. Right, so you had everything, was getting everything set. I got to come by. Yeah, yeah, and, you and know. Make sure you get the mic running for you and shit like that. Set up the little office, you know, little little, little It's looking good detail. so far. It's looking good. You know, I end up getting, like, two computer chairs. I end up buying one, got one for free. So, oh, that's you know, not bad. It's, it's a good look right there. Right. And uh, everything is... Piece is coming together piece by piece. And you picked up recently a, a major record collection. Yes. With some classics in there. We'll <laughs> talk about that off mic, but you picked up some classics and shit like that. Word. And uh not to mention uh some uh some a good amount of uh DJ equipment for a very good deal. Right. We were talking about that um the other day. Mm-hmm. And that's not bad at all. Yeah, man. I mean, considering, you know, some technique to a hundreds. You know, for a, a good a good price, mm-hmm. and especially this these mo- this model of Technique Tour Hundreds, the classic, right? You'll never find them. You'll never find them for this price. Might and, depending on right. where it's at, but <laughs> but in very good condition. <laughs> right, in very good. Condition. Well, you know, people take care of turntables. You go on eBay, you might find some some secret gems out there. Word, you know, and I think Mons was sitting right behind me all along at work. Yeah, that's the best <laughs> part about the whole scenario. So, um. The wrestling world, there's a lot of wrestling going on at one time right now. Well, it's a lot of WWE stuff, and then the weekend of WrestleMania, mm-hmm. it's going to be um, a Gen- lot. Yeah. It's going to be a jumbled series of events. We had we was looking at tickets still available for the G1. It's nowhere near sold out. Right. Um, that's going to be interesting. How that supercard holds up, mm-hmm. and would it have been stronger if it was just solely an AEW show? Or, would have had sold out completely. Right, exactly. You know, that's that's a possibility of that. You know, but then notwithstanding, you also got the other promotions doing stuff. You got Hog doing some things. You got a couple of other meet and greets and fan fests and all this other mm-hmm. stuff going on all throughout the uh, the five boroughs. It's the, April 6th, the weekend of April 6th is going to be the... I, fig- I think they're going to they're gonna knock all. out a lot of tickets at the door. Right. I think people running around scrambling, looking for something different. I think, this is my personal opinion, mm-hmm. I think the G1, uh, uh, what is it? Called? The G1 it? Supercard. The G1 Supercard, and this is my personal opinion, I don't think it was booked strong enough. There should have been main events in place the moment the card was announced, and 
unfortunately, WWE has programmed everybody into announcing their matches two to three weeks before then. Right. There should have been a guaranteed main event, whether you was crowning an AEW champion on that night. I think AEW should have had, had their name on there. I think they should have been crowning an AEW champion in the main event because a lot of the fans would have showed up. There's no reason why everything else is sold out except for this particular event. Well, I mean, as far as like ringside, that's gone. Um, no, they're still ringside. I, I found a lot of tickets at ringside okay. at about $230. Oh, okay, because I, I was looking at upper tier. All the upper tier well, stuff you know is what, still available. You know what it is? You also, certain websites own certain sections of tickets. Right. So Ticketmaster may own a certain se- section. Mm-hmm. Others may own another section. So it's right. a combination of who owns or who bought the lots. Right. And then not only that, um, ROH and New Japan did announce like two, two match, actually three matches that they have set. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, as far as like, you know, the three-way for the ROH championship, Jay Lethal versus Matt Taven and a versus Marty match, Scroll. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, for a ladder match for the um the ROH belt. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a three-way for the junior heavyweight title, the IWGP junior belt between Bandito, Taji Shimori, right. and um Dragon Lee. But do you feel that card is strong enough? Let's it, be for real. It could be it, stronger. It could be stronger. It's looking a little shaky, you know, and uh, unfortunately Ring of Honor doesn't have the strength to they needed help to sell out the garden. Well, and New Japan is still foreign territory mm-hmm. in the United States. But, you know, but the fan base here on the Northeast is pretty strong, you know, strong enough mm-hmm. to support it. And uh, they're going to come out in droves we'll, to go and we'll, need to see this event. Well, that's yet to be seen. We'll find out. But for half the building to still be available, that's kind of dangerous. And... You know, wherever you sit, have you ever been to the garden? Yes, I have. So, you know, the garden is not big at all. Right. Wherever you sit, it's pretty much a good seat, whether mm-hmm. you're in nosebleed or this, that, exactly. and the other. I've, listen, I've been going to the garden since 88. Yeah, so, so I, I definitely know what it's like on the yeah, inside. It's small, and then when you get, it looks big on TV, but when you get there, like, this is a it's small tiny, fucking yeah. building. It's and the same way, like, like it's the same way with the Barclays Center. You know, it looks. Yeah, 20,000 people mm-hmm. with the floor seating and stuff like that. Right. Um,. So I'm kind of interested to see how that pans out. I don't think it's going to hurt them. I think if they're going to do that with the Garden next year or if they're going to do anything with the Garden again, they're going to have to really... This is where AEW does best, where they have these uh, summits, these, mm-hmm. little, these little private summits for fans and stuff and this, that, and the other. And they, um, they should have been very direct and very... They should. They needed that type of marketing that AEW did, right? And I think the inclusion of with AEW with them and them creating that marketing, they would have sold it out in drones. Even if you did it in another state for New York, or you mm-hmm. did it in Central Park in the cold, or right, something they did it near a pool in the cold. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, and, you know, and someone Vegas, dove right. in right in Vegas. So, and if you ever been to Vegas, it gets cold that night out there. Okay, well I've never been to Vegas, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully I will one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets cold out there at night. You know, so. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. I don't like the fact I don't like these companies waiting for the last minute to book anything. Right. Um, moving forward, I want to talk a little bit about Kofi Kingston. Word. Let's talk about that. Um, this has been an interesting dynamic as far as like professional wrestling goes. Um, and within the WWE's uh network, I've been going back and forth on this, and I've come to a final conclusion. The core, the Kofi Kingston thing whether he wins the title, and this is my personal opinion, but unfortunately, I'm going to call this as a fact, whether he wins the title or not, 
will will not work because if he wins the title and they keep it on him till SummerSlam, SummerSlam is the safe removal time. Mm-hmm. Now here's the story: Brock is going over to SmackDown. Right. They're going. Brock is going to get the title. Mm-hmm. Right before the Fox deal goes in the uh, official key. Right. Now, with when that information really breaks, that's more damaging for Kofi because are you an experiment champion? And that's my issue. You know, it's like women's basketball. Okay. The the WNBA is treated like a movement instead of treated like a sport. And movements only last a small period of time. So do we get this grand win and he really they let him run Mania to Mania with the title. They let him defeat Brock. They let him defeat Kevin Owens. They let him defeat you all know there's gonna be two rematches with um Daniel Bryan, of course. Daniel Bryan. Probably a feud with the Miz because that's coming. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? I mean, you know, and you know, th- th- these are those these are those things that I'm looking at. So when you sit back and you look at it, is Kofi Kingston an experiment? And I don't want an experiment as champion. Now I'm, you know, the, seeing that complexion with a title means a lot to everyone, of course. But. I'm be I, just because you're black does not mean I have to support you, and just because you're black winning the championship doesn't mean you're the right black guy winning the championship. However, just for the for the sake of history, and mm-hmm. this is just my this is my opinion on it, on the sake of history, um, and I've stated this argument numerous times, um, for the 54, 53, 54 year old history of that championship belt, um, it's never been around the waist of an African-American. And no matter how many times people say, oh, well, so-and-so and so-and-so, like, nah, you look directly at the history, it's never happened. And they've well, had challengers, but but in this particular case, with Kofi chasing the title, one, I've enjoyed it mm-hmm. because, one, the dynamic is different. I, ha- I see an athletic worker mm-hmm. going after the title. However, the only the, the one disappointment to me about it is is that it's very similar and very reminiscent, like a lot of people have been stating. It's the same, just like when Daniel Bryan was getting the shot at the title. Only they're doing it to the last minute. Exactly. Um, and that's something I'm definitely not feeling. Um, and essentially, it was just no matter what there was going to, it was go. It was. I'm glad that Mustafa Ali is not in the spot, and okay. I'm cool with that. Um, unfortunately, The Rock has opened his mouth. Okay, what did The Rock say about the situation? You, you haven't read the tweet yet? Uh, no, because from what I understand, and this is just my my take on it, you know, everyone's dynamic is, oh, well, The Rock won the title. He's he's black. The Rock this, The well, Rock unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, The Rock has cooled Coffee Kingston Jets. And um, it's fucked up. Because... Really? Yeah, he and it's it's very noticeable by what he said. I'm pulling up the tweet right now. Give me thirty seconds to rock um about being black champion. It was it, you could tell you could tell he just cooled his fucking jets. Mm. And I'm not feeling that. You get what I'm saying? Is it's something that he didn't say and unfortunately he um you can't argue with his statement because it is accurate. So long story short, I can't find the exact tweet, but long story short, The Rock said, 
that he represents both sides, African-American, he is African-American and he is Samoan, and that The Rock's character um, transcended race. Therefore, he never they never had to use race to identify him as anything because The Rock was larger than life. Yeah, The Rock was larger than life. Yes, he was. The Rock is a born African-American. Yes, he is. The Rock is half Samoan. Yes, he is. And, you know, Natasha brought up a point that I didn't think to look at. And are we in a situation where we have to start forcing people to pick a side? Why can't he be both? As a as a biracial human being, why should he pick a side? He has a right. He is both Samoan and both um, African-American. He should not be forced, you know, and I had to, and Tosh was breaking it down to me as they was people with, you know, as she thought it through, a person who's not a wrestling fan, Mm -hmm. a person who cares nothing about what goes down in that ring. To her, this shit is a joke or is not a joke, but it's just not her world. Um, She's going to watch wrestling just to see Batista because of Guardians of the Galaxy, which proves the casual fan Mm -hmm. effect. Right. Um, We talked about that. But when you got to sit back, should we be making people choose sides when they're biracial? Like, how do you tell a kid who's half black and half white to choose white or black when both worlds belong to him? You know what it is? People from the outside looking in want to be able to dictate who's who towards that person. For a a purpose of attachment and um, self-identification. You know what I mean? Like... um. You look at the, what's my man's name? Uh, uh, Curry, right? Steph Curry is biracial, you know? Mm. But is he still one of the best ball players in the world? Yes. Is he still half black, half white? Yes. But right. the bottom line is, is that people are drawn attached to who they visually see. And especially um, African-Americans are people, you know, with images that we've seen over the years, they weren't too pleasing. They weren't too great. They weren't too um, uplifting, you know. Mm. And even to this day, even in modern day Hollywood, like the images are virtually not as great as they could be, and how right. they can be. Some strides are being made now, and have been made being made once black directors and actors and writers started changing the narrative. But in most cases, the imaging is still not the same. And so when we look towards, um. In this case, like The Rock in the 90s, it was like, okay, bet. Here's, here's a black man, you know, doing his thing, winning the championships, main eventing, mm-hmm. selling out Still trying to find WrestleMania and stuff like that. And um, being on top of the game, being a, a box office draw, which is what he has become. Just like with Will Smith, just like with um, Samuel Jackson, just like with... Jamie Foxx or Whomever, whatever. Yeah. We look to these guys like, yeah, that's that's our man right there. That's 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 our dude right well, there. Well, let me say for the record, I don't look to none of these motherfuckers. I'm a friend to none of you. <laughs> I, I know, was, brother. My I father know. taught me very early. He goes, uh, what did he say to me? He goes, that's your hero? I go, yeah. He goes, always remember, that man bleed just like you. Exactly. You don't got, he goes, don't you put no one up on the hero status. Mm-hmm. A hero is imaginary because he goes, you meet that man in person. They might and it disappoint might be, you. And it might be the most disappointing thing in the world. Right. And that grounded me when I worked in television. Right. And it didn't, it, it took all, I was allowed not to be starstruck. But there that's another go. conversation for right. another day. But in this case, like I said, most, most of our folks, we look to, towards these images, be like, okay, you know what? 
yeah, I can, I can see that. I can relate to this person. I can attach myself to this person. I can live vicariously through this person. But, you know, like many have said, and like you might, you've mentioned to me off air, like once uh, The Rock, once Dwayne Johnson started going Hollywood and started working and becoming a, a proven box office commodity there, right. then, like you said, the whispers started to come out. Everybody started, everything started coming out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Is he really, really, really black? Is he really, is he fully Samoan? Is he this? Is he that? Right. You know, now the E, the WWE, have always and only touted his Samoan tradition, his Samoan connection through his uh, his grandfather. Mm-hmm. You know, the grandson of the high chief Peter Maivia and totally left the Rocky Johnson dynamic to the background. And maybe he has his personal reasons for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they say that his father was a coon, for lack of a, for, let's keep it 100. Okay. You know, and if I ever meet The Rock and he has a personal issue with it, I'm going to go say, yo, these are the stories that they said. You know, that you're, you know, that he ran behind Ric Flair. To st- I don't know what it is. I don't know his father to make a judgment call. You don't know him and his father's dynamic. Right. But he does come from a, a very heavy, protected Samoan-based system. Mm-hmm. And you know, and the Samoan sister in wrestling and Samoans go neck and neck. Exactly. Unfortunately, and I want to. Uh, someone said this very clearly to me. Um, one of my uh, boy's brothers, who's a NFL champion, he said, "I always have to remember, I'm a visitor as a black man. I'm a visitor. He's biracial. He goes, but I'm a visitor to the game of football. It's not. We did not create that game. That is their game. Mm-hmm. Basketball. We did not create that game. That is their game." All, all those black players are still visitors. The owners are black. The television networks are black. The contracts, I mean, the owners are white. Exactly. The contracts are white. All go. of this, this, that, and the other. The fact of the matter is, we are visitors in wrestling, just like white people are visitors in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Now, entertainment is universally for everyone. Right. Let me say this clearly. Entertainment is universal for everyone. But the business of entertainment is white. That's something I think everybody needs that to remember. That is the most poignant and I'm not trying claim to, that I've heard and it is the God honest truth. You know what I'm saying? So and I've been saying it for years and it took me a it took me a few life lessons to learn. But entertainment is black, it's white, it's Hispanic, it's Latin, it's every facet of the world. The reality of the situation is the business, the business is of entertainment is white. Mm-hmm. Um you I'm gonna you know, I'm not gonna go off into a giant tangent, but when you look at Black Panther, that is a white film that happens to have hundreds of black actors. Mm-hmm. That is a white p- property created by a black and a white person, owned white, produced white. I do not see a black person owning Disney. You know, that, that. that is a white product. You know, what I'm saying release now it'd be different if it was like. A black guy came up with the three hundred million, put the black people in charge, this, that, and the other. That's not that type of film. Mm-hmm. It's a still a white product. So when I look at wrestling, and I'm looking at The Rock, the first thing we have to realize, we do need to stop making people pick a side. He can't choose just to be black, and he can't choose to be Samoan. Now, does he identify with one thing more than the other? Yeah, I think a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a lot of black people who are black and white, and some black guys that identify with their white half more than they identify with their black half. Or some are, are black and black and Hispanic and choose their 
blackness over their, their Hispanic, Hispanic and you got some who choose their Hispanic depending on how they were raised and who yep. was around them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a we don't know the Rock's psychological effect of the relationship between him and his father. Right. But when you look at the Samoan dynasty that his father married into, mm-hmm. that can easily overshadow him being African American. Yep. You know, in his world, and I don't know The Rock. I would love to sit down and have that conversation <clears throat> with him. And, you know, it, maybe it will happen. Maybe it'll be a private conversation. Maybe it'll be a public one. But um, it is what it is at this point. Yeah, and he's so the only the, one that, and like you said, he's the only one that can clarify this. He can, Yeah, and he clarified it literally by saying, I represent both worlds. Therefore, making him the first African-American WWF slash WWE heavyweight champion. And the youngest. Mm-hmm. That is his claim. And unfortunately, just because he doesn't look as dark as we want him to be and he does not uh, acknowledge certain things, when you come out and you say something like that, you change the market completely. So then now this also takes on the lingering effects of colorism to a degree. I don't think colorism is involved in this, in this, in this particular situation. I think what we have is the WWE championship that people... I think Kofi got put into a weird spot by mistake. Kofi couldn't have planned this out. Right. Randy Orton stomps on someone's eye. The 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 guy that they probably wanted to be the champion going into Saudi Arabia, it's not going to be the champion. Mm-hmm. You know, keeping that if he's uh, Muslim or whatever he is is going is is not going into WrestleMania. That was probably the plan all along. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mustafa Ali didn't have the Kofi build. It wasn't Kofi Mania at all. It wasn't no. whatever. No matter what you say, this shit was not Kofi Mania. No. So, so when you come back and you look at this element, Kofi had one good match, and I always feel one good match should not determine where you go. Seth Rollins wrestled for an hour on Monday Night Fucking Raw and shut it down, and it still waited almost a year to give him. The Universal Championship, as it seems like they're going in that direction, so Brock can get ready for this UFC fight. Um, and that's not me saying, oh, the white guy worked harder than the black guy, this, that, and the other. It happened the way it happened. You have to roll with the punches when it comes to live television. I think another thing people forget, and I'm going to say something that's not talked about a lot, but professional wrestling works in real time. Mm-hmm. You, Because there's no break. You know, you watch something like uh, Batman. Right. You Batman, one season, one film, he can be 20 years old. The next film, he can be 50. But if you take Kofi and he's been there for 11 years and you've watched wrestling every week for 11 years, that character has aged with you for 11 years. Right. Now, 11 years ago, to me, Kofi was a joke. It took a lot for him to start showing his ass. The Royal Rumble is when we started paying attention and the Randy Orton stuff and this and that. And it was almost like, Let's just make sure he makes it to the Rumble so he can give us some amazing way not to get this, that, and the other. Yeah. Then he joins the New Day. They went from being serious to singing and dancing, and now they're back to serious again. We talked about this on the phone about, you know, will they take them serious by removing the gimmick and the coonery? Mm-hmm. And they did. You notice now there's no singing and dancing. Right. Now there's no pancakes. They got the bright colors. I wouldn't be shocked if that changes completely. You know, and I'm, I, forgive me for being long winded. I'm making a very, I'm going to a very strong point. Now, Kofi Kingston replaces a guy, wrestles, steals the show for a night, which he's done thousands of times. Right. And then they recreate the same match 
seven weeks, six weeks later, mm-hmm. and it had no momentum. And it wasn't the same show stiller that it was before. And if it would have been, the the momentum slowly died down at Fastlane. Right, because fast. I I don't think the I don't think it died at fast because we. I believe it. I believe it did. Die and at I, I, I'm gonna tell you why because <clears throat> his pop was larger after fast lane, his pop grew, and we knew we were getting Kofi going into Mania. It's when he had that match where you sat there and go, "Well, what the fuck is going on?" And then you realize they repeated a fucking match, and you put him in the ring for an hour, and the it, it wasn't believable. Right. The first time is he got thrown in there, this, that, and the other. And then you have him wrestle Randy. He Randy Orton, who's a phenomenal wrestler, who is a strategic um, venomizing monster. Mm-hmm. And you take Randy out just like that. You wrestle five of the toughest guys, and then here comes Daniel Bryan, who takes you out. One, one, two, three. One, one finish. Why one are they even touching each other? They should only be in a tag match touching each other. Mm-hmm. You get the book. You know how the booking goes the two weeks before Mania. Tag matches for the exactly. champions and these guys only. Yep. They should not be touching at all. And then you do this, and then it the steam dies. Mm. And it's like, well, how is he supposed to beat the bar? How is he supposed to beat Rowan? How is he supposed to beat this? And it's not the amazing feat no more. That, you know, it, it's just it's fucked up. And the crowd noticeably wasn't with it. And then you have Daniel Bryan come out. And pull this bullshit. And beat him in a second. Or beat him in Three several seconds. Three four minutes. Yeah. When you, you know SmackDown ends on a hard close. So when the match ends that he wins at 9.55, Vince talks for another minute, and then the match starts at 9.57. How does he look pinning the WWE champion not for the championship? Again, so yeah. both ways, whether he pinned Daniel or lost to Daniel, he was in a fucked up position. Mm-hmm. So let's say, for example, if he would have pinned him and got the three count, that would have been a short sign stating, okay, at Mania, he's not winning the title. Because anytime you pin a champion on television, uh, just in my just in Well, WWE have changed that recently. You yeah. can pin a champion now anytime, and it still don't mean shit come exactly. that but pay-per-view. In the, in the old, in the in old, the old days, thinking, if you pinned the like, champion- like. It was like, okay, you pin the champion. It's a guarantee the champion's going to win right. at the at the big event. He's right. going and, over. And, and, he, and, going and that's over. another thing. They never let the, 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 the guy who was going up against him ever get that pin. He would take a loss somewhere else, mm-hmm. not the guy he was going to face. Um, Look, it's... It's build up when they put the video. You know, WrestleMania is more about the video packages now than it is the matches. When they put this video package together, yeah. it's going to be fucking phenomenal, mm-hmm. and it's going to, it's going to to hit. I just feel if if Kofi goes down, he'll never get this stride again. But if he goes up, the question is, are you the guy? You're not. You're the champion, but you're not really the champion. You're just holding it for Brock to get to over the yeah, SmackDown because that's what I think will probably happen. Like with the done with um, various other wrestlers. Like okay, um, Brett, you're the champion, but we'll put the title on Sean, or right. um, we're going to take the title off for Austin so that we can have 
the belt on the rock. How many times has the rock been a transitional champion? At least three times. All yeah, most of the most of his career. Yeah. Well, the first time he got it, he wasn't transitional. They went with that boy. And mm-hmm. it's just no matter what Steve Austin was getting it. And then the second time around, they went with him mm-hmm. no matter what Steve Austin was getting it. Right. Um WrestleMania two thousand, which is which that main event was very lackluster. The McMahon in every corner match. Right. Um the Rock didn't go over, but it was Triple H's time, mm-hmm. that which was undefeatable. It was straight up Triple H's time, right? And it's the same. It was the, you can also put categorize every NWA WCW title match Ric Flair was in when he dropped the title, picking it back up, or when Harley Race dropped the title, picked it back up. You know, mm-hmm. just to, to pop the territory, pop the crowd, make the baby face or the or the or the, or the whatever look good, and you know, keeping it as is. And then when it was time for Flair to get the belt back or Race to get the belt back. It it happened, right? And it just went on like like a beat wasn't even missed, right? I just I don't want you know, and this is my thing. I'm not a Kofi Kingston fan. I'm a fan of none of you. I'm a Kofi Kingston supporter. Um, I don't want him to be lost in the shuffle, and I don't want if you're gonna go with him, go with him. I don't want to see him as a champion like how they did Rey Mysterio. You know what I mean? Putting him against these insurmountable odds and not even. Going over, right? You know what I'm saying. And I'm tired of I'm tired of WrestleMania moments. If you're not gonna go with this motherfucker, then don't go with this mm-hmm. motherfucker. I'm if, back in the day, only one person got the WrestleMania moment, the main eventer, mm-hmm. and they coined the phrase, and then the phrase became a way of booking. Yep. Or I don't I don't want WrestleMania moments. I want great WrestleMania matches and a great fucking card. I don't yep. give a fuck about a WrestleMania moment. That shit has destroyed the way they've booked WrestleMania. Because we do, like, like w- imagine, um, what's her name? What's that chick's name? Becky Lynch not coming out with the title win. And mm-hmm. it's going to Charlotte. Right. And then you want to save Ronda to move her over to SmackDown. What if Becky's not getting the title until SummerSlam when she's wrestling Stephanie McMahon after Stephanie wins a fucking ladder match? Yeah, right. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. imagine these things happening. So what's the purpose of of doing this? You know what I'm saying? So you put the, her in because you want a long term booker for Stephanie. You know what I'm saying? So you, so you, you, that she that she had the only WrestleMania moment. Yeah. You know. So I mean, how do you feel about the card so far? We'll do our prediction um, thing in two weeks. But how do you feel about the card so far? Because it's not, shaky as fuck. It's it's um weird to me. You know what I mean? It's like I would be excited with certain things, but then it's like I'm not because certain people are not on the card and some people are on the card. It's a ball of confusion. You know, like a perfect example, right? You got Joe versus Ray for the U.S. championship. That makes no sense. Isn't Ray feuding with Andrades? Shouldn't Ray and Andrades be the one opening the fucking show? Exactly. And where does our truth fit in all this? Was he not the former champion? He should be. It should be him. And then if you and them two talking about John Cena so much, wouldn't it make sense if John Cena is not going to wrestle Kurt? Shouldn't it be John Cena versus um, Joe Samoa Joe with, with, with and R Truth? Yeah, in a three way, right? Or the, the tag team championships aren't going to be decided. And we're talking both brands, right? Well, I think they got something for the Usos. Okay, but then again, what does it really fucking do? Nothing. Remember, I mentioned to you they should do the Raw versus SmackDown match. Right, and that would the make two sense. Cha- even for no titles, champions versus champions for bragging rights. Right. You know and what then, I'm saying? And you know, and you know how I will put that finish? I will put the Revival over. 
because no one has seen the Raw Tag Team Champions do anything except for Monday Night Raw and on the main event. You know why? I would, let me tell you why. If I was booking, I wouldn't put the revival over because you guys got your titles because you try to run off to the mountaintops. You what? try to you, you bitched out on everyone. Mm. You, you 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 played it, and then they put the titles on you, and it wasn't fucking popping. And you guys fucking played yourselves, and you should have just quietly bowed out gracefully. But then you bitched and complained. You got the titles. They forced the title win on you, and now you make the titles not look good. Mm. Think about Imagine I, you, I, you I, forced the win. I, I, I kind of see it differently because it's like on the other, on the other end, if you're sitting there and you're doing absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. and you're considering yourself one of the top talents, and you want to be used and you're not being used, well, of course you should voice your opinion and ask for something. And they were able to ask for two things. An opportunity to stay and perform on the show and prove themselves or an opportunity to leave. They, the, a, they asked for the opportunity to leave. They were denied. Can I give you? A, can I give a hard truth about that? Go right ahead. When you got your contract and you signed your agreement, you got the opportunity. Now... If you get to the big show and they've tried with you and you don't get that reaction that they need or they desire, maybe your opportunity has passed you and you happen to be locked up in a contract agreement that forces you to stay. Okay. Now, notwithstanding- And we don't know what's going on in the background with these guys. Now, we don't know their attitudes, their temperaments, nothing. Now, notwithstanding also, um, there's a the certain matter of the rollover- because of the injury that both guys had. Yeah, I, and I'm not going to question that. You know what I mean? So, you know, what you you add that on top of that, they got to stay that extra year to balance mm-hmm, out. Both of them. You know, and then after that, they're done. So now, my, and this proves my point about NXT. NXT is a phenomenal brand. The problem with the NXT brand is it doesn't, and I'm, I'm not going to disrespect NXT. I'll say this clearly. The NXT brand is great, and the NXT brand is phenomenal. But it doesn't cross over as well when they bring wrestlers over. One or two people cross over well and snatch. And the Revival was a team that they brought over, people loved, and then half of the audience is like, who are they? And why is half the audience going, who are they? Because not everyone is watching everything on the network. Exactly. And, they don't, and they don't have to. Right. You know, they're not, you, you know, just, and NXT is not a branded, televised television product. And if you put it on te- TV, it's going to fall apart. It works only on the network because they can control what's everything, going on, right. what's going on. So, you know, and I don't like the fact that, okay, give these titles, give these guys a title because now we go, okay, give them the titles. Now you got the titles. Now you got your second opportunity. And even when you're wrestling and you're putting on matches, you don't look that fucking good. Look at who they're wrestling and look at who they're not wrestling. Let me tell you something. Ric Flair can wrestle a broomstick and sell out a fucking building. Of course. I'm not going to give... Ric Flair has wrestled some of the worst guys in the business yes, and has. got them over. Yes, he has. So to me, that's that. If that, uh, that's an excuse if they're going to ever use that. He's look even, at who we're wrestling. He's even wrestled drunken broomsticks and gotten them over. He's wrestled drunk himself. Yes. You get what I'm saying? So when I sit back and I look at all of those things and I and I and I put and I put one and two together, fuck out of here. You played yourself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You got your second opportunity. They even put the titles on you. 
The Usos were showing they asked for so long, they had no choice to put the titles on them. One of them went to jail. The world thought they were playing games, and they still showing them asses. It took the Usos, what, six, seven years to get to the point they're at? Mm-hmm. These guys been in the WWE for, and officially on the roster for a fucking year and a half? You ain't put the work in the Usos put in yet. You yeah. know, and I'm not disrespecting the, the the revival, but at the same time, let's let's look at it in detail. Maybe you guys are right. We don't belong here. We belong elsewhere, and I agree with that. And I believe that they do not belong in the WWE because they are talented, but their talent is not what WWE is willing to book. Well, and that's what it comes down to. It's they need to be wrestling the young bucks and being their ultimate hills, exactly, because they need ultimate hills. Um, I don't know. This card and viable challenges for anything else, right? You know, another wasted spot on this card before we uh close the rest of the show out. This particular episode, um, Shane McMahon versus The Miz. This makes no sense to me. That doesn't need to be on Mania. You're wasting a spot. Um, that that could, in actuality, that spot could be used for the revival versus the Usos, right? You know what I mean? I think this should be, uh, I think WrestleMania from now on, because of the amount of belts they have, should only be, every title must be defended. You know, then you also got um, Tony Nese versus, uh, was it Brian Murphy for the Cruiserweight Championship, but that's pre-show. You got the the, the Andre Battle Royal pre-show. You got the Women's Battle Royal pre-show. I don't think they should be doing any of that. But this is what they're, this is what they're, this is what they're giving Everybody <laughs> in two in three weeks. They're giving this to everybody in three in three weeks. This is what we're gonna have to sit up and watch. And then we gotta comb through oh, all of that. Oh, I'm not turning this shit on until nine o'clock. And then we're combing through all of that just to get to Lesnar versus Rollins. And that might be a great match, but mm-hmm. we're gonna be burnt out. And then also notwithstanding Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Yeah. We're getting well. Yeah, we're getting that. And then, of course, Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. And let me tell you something. I don't think they're switching Baron Corbin out. I think that's exactly how the fuck is going to go, and people are going to have to deal with that one. Bullshit. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and personally, Kurt Angle is in a, in a in a rankings like the Undertaker. I do not want to see you back in the fucking ring. Mm-hmm. Your neck is fused. You walk around with permanently bent knees. You you, you you look okay, but I don't want to see you in the ring. Thank we we thank you for your service. We appreciate you. Let's move forward. I personally think that if he was to take on somebody, it should be someone that he can either a pass the torch to or who or, can carry him. Or, right, who can carry him and who can close out his career. Unfortunately, that would have been John Cena. Right, and, and even though the opportunity may not have been missed, they're not changing this fucking match. Hell, I would have been happy to see him versus Shelton Benjamin. Which has never been done before. They have a relationship with each other um, as mentor and mentee to one mm-hmm. another, and both guys can put on that athletic showing and that Greco-Roman style and mix it with that sports entertainment. They can tell a goddamn story. But we're gonna watch Baron Corbin in this spot. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I'm just very disappointed in this whole. This whole thing, and they did wrestle each other in two thousand and five on SmackDown on okay. Raw. All right. Yeah, yeah. It was Shelton Benjamin versus Kurt Angle, um, eight twenty two two thousand five. All right. Um, they wrestled each other several times, but to, on a grand stage would have been great. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, or you could have 
uh, did a four way. You know, you see, if you didn't do so many gauntlet matches, you could just had Kurt Angle run the gauntlet, and you could have done Shelton. You could have done. Mm-hmm. You could have even done him and The Rock, and then let it end up with him. You know, him and The yeah. Rock. He won his WWE Championship at No Mercy from The Rock. Right. That way. after two force finishes uh, in a row, back and forth with um him and Benoit, mm-hmm. which w- was proved that Benoit was championship material at the right. time. So, in my per- me personally. You could have did him in The Rock, and no one would argue. And a then, nice and, and The yeah. Rock would have carried him. And then, notwithstanding, you got all the other filler: Elias singing on the card, don't Alexa want that. Bliss, don't having a moment of bliss, and everyone's going to interrupt that card, uh, that portion of the card. And then you got the two guys from Saturday Night Live on the card. And let me tell you something: I'm, I have nothing against WrestleMania host, but I think the host should be someone that can bring attention. To the whole product, mm-hmm. not so you know, as a person, as a host, this, that, and the other. And I'm talking about host. That means you should be a ring announcer, and you should be doing the ring announcing for that fucking night. Yeah, I'm talking about a real host or someone who can work commentary and talk on marquee matches. Who's taking three to four weeks worth of audio right. training and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. I think you, you know, it's like the Oscars. You don't, you know, yeah. you got to be able to cut it be in between every fucking spot. And I think that would be the perfect way to do it. But this hosting is just a gimmick to find something for yeah. someone to do. And then, of course, the last thing, too, is the uh, the women's tag team title match. Fuck that. And let me tell you something. The <laughs> title belongs, really, I, I, I think the titles will finally get some justice because they look lackluster. I'm not talking about the design. I'm talking about the, the way they're being presented. I think Beth Phoenix and Natalia are the two right people to carry the titles, mm-hmm. and I think they should have waited till WrestleMania to get it down to two teams to crown it. Instead of, um, yeah, they should have used the Elimination Chamber to, f- to decide one team, and then another team is decided, mm-hmm. and then they should go into it. And I think Beth Phoenix and Natalia should be, should have been walking out as the tag team champion for as the first ever tag team champion yeah. um and call it cuz best phoenix looks phenomenal yes she does still she does she came out looking more muscular than before natalia, she came out looking course, like she was going to wreck wreck house yeah natalia of course great shape great great worker as well yeah so you know it's just i don't know i felt like this whole card was booked upside down I mean you talked about how we're going to fantasy book we're going to do a, a show about fantasy booking wrestlemania mm-hmm. um in 2 weeks so people can, like, wh- how we will book it. But yeah. I want to do it two ways, and I like doing business on the air. I think we should fantasy book with the roster they got right there. Okay. Instead of trying to say we'll pull people from AEW and this, that, and the other, let's really fancy because they got unlimited amount of talent. They got a lot of motherfuckers. So if roster. we just, we, we, we'll just, we'll book WrestleMania using only WWE talent. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and NXT UK. Okay. But there's enough talent there to create a show-stealing WrestleMania 35. Oh, actually, there's also one other roster on the WWE. What's that? To, um, actually, two other rosters members. You can also mention 205, and then you can also mention catering. Oh, you know why? Because uh, What's the other one? Catering. Why would we mention catering? That's all the talent that's sitting back there doing nothing. Oh, <laughs> people making the fool. Yeah, so, you know, and 205 Live. Like, how would we book... 205 Live, so we take 205 Live, uh-huh. NXT, NXT UK, mm-hmm. um, Raw, SmackDown, and and put together a motherfucking WrestleMania card from because all that talent. that's there. over three, uh, at least 200 pieces of talent. Yep. And we don't go over 12 matches. Thank you. 
That's how we book. So you create 12 matches, I create 12 matches. Yeah, all right. We don't necessarily need a storyline on why we're going into it, just the way we would fantasy book only with the current WWE roster. Which means no part-timers. No, no part-timers. They must be, if if their faces are not on the website, they cannot be used. Well, exactly. that's not true. Well, no Hogan's, no this, yeah, no that. Yeah. Um, if you want to use The Rock, use The Rock. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you want to put that in because somehow he makes it into every WrestleMania. But free range. Okay. I think we just will make sure no Stephanie McMahons, people yeah. who can really put a pair of tights on and go. Exactly. You know, so I think, you know, we got two weeks to create that. Two yeah. weeks and a half we, to create yeah, we that. Yeah, we can put together something. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for the week before WrestleMania to do that. Uh, we'll do that in our, what do you call that show? The prediction show. Right. And stuff. So we, that's what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to present you uh, Dietrich's uh, WrestleMania book and, and Mark's, Mark's WrestleMania word. book. Yeah. You know, take your time with it. Don't I rush. It's that and the other. But we thank you guys for listening to this episode. This was episode number 45. Um, the next two episodes that we'll be, that you'll get this week will also will be um, the top 10 worst WrestleMania and the moments. the top 10 best. And the top 10, top 10, top 10 worst WrestleMania matches. Right. And top 10 worst WrestleMania matches. Okay. I put them down as moments, but you're right. They actually match. They, they, they actually match. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm saying it the way I, I was saying it to myself. Okay. But anyhow, um, we thank you guys. We got to get out of here. We'll give you more content later on this week. And we're back to our weekly schedule of giving you content for the next year. And um, we might be doing business with other wrestling uh, channels on YouTube, even though we're really solely on um, our own thing right here. On man. our own thing. But, we, you know, we're working in the background with other people that we, we, we're thinking about other people that we can work with. All right. And put together something firm. No names until otherwise instructed. No doubt. All right. Have a great one, Mark. All right, man. You too.